What is up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Five Star Jobbers Podcast. I'm Cody. And I am Eugene's anger management coach. <laughs> oh, man. Good old Eugene. A gimmick that would not go over today at any point in time. Oh, no. But... They, they would have gotten canceled, like, the minute he came out. Exactly. <laughs> but, man. I mean, Eugene... testament, to the, testament to the writing team and to the, the performers for getting that over. Because, in, in, you know, on paper, I have no idea how anybody thought that was a good idea. Exactly. But, uh, you know, it actually did get over. He, he made the character, you know, <laughs> he watched Tropic Thunder. You know, yeah. sentimental, huh? you know, a yeah. sentimental. Uh, he didn't go. He didn't go full. Right. You know? It he, wasn't overboard, but yeah. Yeah. He's like Forrest Gump, you know, or uh, <laughs> Dustin Hoffman in Rain Man. Exactly. You know, not like uh, Sean Penn and I am Sam. Right. <laughs> oh man! But guys, we are so excited to present another episode for you today. Like our Facebook page, go to our Instagram page. We're on social media now, guys, and we want you to interact with us. We have episodes coming up in the future. We have more interviews coming up. More content is going to be released in the future. So we want you guys to interact with us, whether it be sending us ideas for topics to discuss. I mean, we just did a top 10 recently, a top 10 debuts, and we got other things that are coming up along the way. We might do our Mount Rushmore's at some point. I've did we do that at one point? Or I don't think we've ever really done our Mount Rushmore's. I think we've asked guests their their Mount Rushmore's, yeah, but I don't I'm, think we've officially done ours. Right. I've got a couple responses from people, like DMs, with their top tens after the last, uh, the you know, not the last episode, but the, was it the last episode? Or yeah, we did last, oh no, uh, sorry, it was episode 10. Last episode we talked with, uh, yeah, with uh, James the Gator Grimm, but yeah. yeah, episode 10 is when we did the top 10 debuts, but... You yeah, said you had people DMing us. I had people DM and uh, like you know people who are you know who live in town in town that you know have texted me. Okay, their top tens. But um, yeah, we'd love to see it on the the social media pages and uh, see that grow and have people have you know spirited discussions. We're gonna have some spirited discussions today. That's right. Um, a lot happened this oh, last yeah. week. I would say this is probably one of the most exciting weeks of professional wrestling. In a Since, long time. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, I can't, I can't think of the last time because we've had lots of wrestling, but this last week was a lot of really good wrestling, really Agreed. good storytelling, culmination of a lot of things. We've had major returns. We had surprise returns. We had long-awaited returns. We've had, you know, the long-term stories coming to a, you know, whether it's an end or the next chapter. A lot We've of got a lot to talk about. Yeah, so we're going to get into it here in just a little bit. Before we do, I want to give a shout out to people who are listening to the podcast. You know, we have a lot of listeners who are within the states. Yep. But one thing I found out is that we have listeners from different countries all over the world, and that surprised me. I mean, so first of all, I want to thank our listeners here in the U.S. Thank you to everyone locally here and across the country, South but, America, Africa. Yeah, we have people Europe. in Belgium, Singapore, Ethiopia, uh, South Africa, Germany, in the U.K. India, and in Canada. So, guys, thank you so much for watching, or sorry, not watching, but listening to us. And share it with all your friends. We want more listeners out there across the globe. We want to be worldwide. That was that was good. Thank you. I, I, was, <laughs> I was saving this for that, for that specific moment. I was saving it for that moment. But, hey, let's get into some reviews. Absolutely. So, starting off with Monday Night Raw, with this, I think this is where we're kind of getting into the, like, points. Like, half a point or whichever. So... For Monday Night Raw, I gave it a two point five. I don't yeah, know where. I mean, I, I, I like I say, I agree with the two point five. It was, it was very. Um, I mean, overall in the show, it had it had high segments and it had some you know useless. You can fast forward if you've got DVR capabilities, which most people do nowadays. With exactly. Streaming. Um, you know the, the two point five. Yeah, I, I, mean, I think that's fair. Um, we'll get into it a l in just a few minutes. Uh, yeah. There were some opportunities for it to be better than a 2.5, but... Uh, and me and John kind of discussed this. There were obstacles that got in the way yeah. of that. We'll get that. We'll the get the biggest that. thing that I had an issue with from the get-go is the whole uh, segment where Rhea Ripley receives the new title, where I guess now each of the titles are going to look the it same. It looks as, exactly yeah. the same. It's exactly. not differentiable between Seth Rollins. Like, maybe it's a little bit smaller. Yeah, exactly. It's why just, does it's, it look the exact same? I guess this is the route they're going where both the women's and the men's titles look exactly it the same. It doesn't even make any sense merchandise-wise because now if you, you know, if you go to a toy store and you buy the WWE World Heavyweight Championship, 
whether it's the male or the females, it's going to look the exact same. Right. So why would you why would you buy both? You're not going to buy both. But all it is, is just a different belt, like different colored belt. And you got the black one with the world title, and then the white one with the women's title. Well, you got Oscar, Oscar, and Roman Reigns essentially are carrying the same title, except exactly. now Roman's carrying three titles. He didn't retire the other two. Exactly, they just carried um, on the other ones just for show. But. And then uh, you know, yeah, Rhea and and Seth are are literally wearing pretty much the same title. Yeah, just one slightly smaller than the other. But then in that segment. This is where I was like, is this really how the night's going to start off with? Because then we somehow ended up with a match where you have Cody Rhodes going up against Dominic Mysterio at Money in the Bank. I don't think they have anybody for Ripley. I mean, truth truth be told at this there point... There is nobody. She's so... Like, we've, talk, we've talked about this before. She's so, you know, head, head and shoulders above everything else. And she doesn't really... I mean... Who who I mean name, name somebody right now. Oscar's on is on the other show. I mean, who, who challenges asking, like she killed it. Like they had her destroy Natalia. I mean, if you're I asking mean, on the Raw side, there's nobody on no. Monday Night Raw in the women's division that can even come close to her. I mean, maybe a close one would probably be the only one I think of is Becky Lynch. But without her, there is no women's division on Monday Night Raw because I mean, no. then you have. I mean, Zoe Stark and Trish Stratus, and yeah, you've got part timers and you've got rookies who are greener than goat turds. Exactly. So there's there's absolutely no, mm. and not to say Zoe Stark's a, a rookie. She's not a rookie. She's been in the business for a long time. But to the WWE universe and how they are with those optics, she's a rookie. Exactly. She's brand new to the main roster. She's not really over. No. I mean, she wasn't really over in NXT either. I don't know why they moved her up or why they're even using her. Right. Uh, she's very low on my list of, of female wrestlers. But, I mean, honestly, there isn't, there isn't a real contender for Rhea at this point. But the problem is, is that you've got this phenomenal talent. And you've... They've booked her well, but they haven't booked other female wrestlers well enough to... Put her with anybody. No. Like nobody's close. Like that's, it's to, like I can't. To me, the women's division on Raw is basically for them to have the women's tag team championship matches because all I've seen from that side on the women's division is Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus, and then you have Sonya Deville and Chelsea Green. Well, it's like you've got you've got Ronda and Shayna over on SmackDown. Now they're the women's tag team champions, so. And they're trying to unify that with the NXT tag team women's tag team champions. So See, essentially, make sense you should be able to have Ronda and Shayna on all three programs, but they've only showed up on SmackDown. Rhea and Shayna's gold. We know it's gold. We've seen it in NXT when Rhea took the title off of Shayna after right. you know what a year and a half of holding it. Yeah, almost two years. We know those two can work together. There's no question about that. Um, Rhea and Ronda would be great. Ronda doesn't need to talk. Rhea can talk enough for the both of them. Exactly. So they've got a lot of talent that they could use. They're just all that talents for some reason on SmackDown, and you got Rhea Ripley coming out every every night doing nothing but basically being, you know, the the side piece for Dom Mysterio. Pretty much. She's a great heater. I mean, don't get me wrong. She does a fantastic job of helping protect him and get heat on him. You know, get him his heat. You know, because it's very much Triple H in China, circa 1997. Oh, yeah. You know, where it's like, you've got this woman who's fighting your battles. What gets you more heat than that? Exactly. But still, like, Rhea Ripley, this isn't 1997 anymore. Rhea Ripley doesn't need to be the heater for Dom Mysterio. She should be a main eventer. Exactly. But yeah, I mean, aside from that, there wasn't really much anything else... To uh, this night, the, except for one thing, the, and John is about to have a conniption with this. So I'm about to have I'm, a, gonna, I'm about to have a BF for those of you who ever watched uh, what was that movie with the Wayans brothers, uh, uh, White Chicks. Yeah, yeah. I'm about to have a BF. Um, I called Cody. I called Cody after I watched Raw, and I said, "Please don't let me be less mad." Than I am right now because I I was furious. This was the best phone call I've gotten. All I was st- white smoke was coming out of my ears. The promo between Finn Balor and Seth Rollins, or the promo that should have been between, but that the crowd decided they wanted to completely overtake and only listen to themselves sing Seth Rollins' song over and over and over again. Well, you know, I love crowd participation. 
I am all for the crowd, you know, when they are adding to the value of the show and when they're letting their opinion be known. You know, when the crowd is telling you that something sucks, awesome. When the crowd is telling you that something's great, awesome. But when the crowd is doing nothing but singing la-di-da, interrupting two of the best talents in the entire industry over the last decade, decade and a half, shut up. <laughs> shut your stupid mouths and let them talk. This is a promo that has been more than six years in the making. This is a promo I expected Finn Balor to have when he came back from the torn labrum and pectoral after he won the very first universal title and had to give it up the next night and pretty much be off for a year and come back and be put into Vince McMahon booking jail. I mean, he came back and they, they gave him nothing. This man, this is a this has got to be a work shoot promo. I mean, I'm sure they have great respect for each other and, you know, they're professionals, but there is a part of every human being, you know, you can put let bygones be bygones, but when somebody you're in a match with that's supposed to be protecting you and you're protecting them and you get hurt and yeah, stuff happens. Like, I don't think Finn Balor goes to sleep at night hating Seth Rollins, but there's a part of him who, who knows if I didn't wrestle Seth that night, I would be I would have been the universal champion for a much longer time than I was, and I wouldn't have lost a year to my career, and I probably wouldn't have taken me six years to get back to where I started from in the first place. So there he is. He's ready with that promo. I've kind of given you just a little bit of a background if you didn't know that. And we had to wait three minutes to hear it because the crowd wouldn't shut up. Seth Rollins had literally had to shut the crowd up so that Finn could shoot a promo on him. People, be part of the show. But when the best part of the show is on, shut your mouth, sit down, and enjoy it. All right? I wish we had some, like, royalty-free music under here. That way I can just put some, like, heavy metal stuff under here that just is for whenever we do hot takes. Because I, I could see... His face right now. I know y'all can't see it right now. He is. I'm red. Blood red right now. Which, and understandable. I'll be honest, it made me laugh during that. And I'm sure. I laughed at first. The first 30, 45 seconds, that's, it's been, it's par for the course. They've, they've been doing it to everybody. Right. But when he tried to talk multiple times, and like I said, this isn't, this isn't somebody who sucks on the mic or, you know, says the same thing over and over again. This is Finn Balor. Right. This is freaking Prince Devitt. This is the original leader of the Bullet Club. This is one of the say one of the best professional wrestlers of the modern era. Oh yeah. And he's finally getting to give the promo that say anybody who's been watching for like the last seven or eight years should have been waiting for. And we're all waiting for it, and we had to wait three extra minutes because the crowd there decided that it was sing along with Seth Rollins' night. Which is, and that's the case how it is pretty much anytime Seth Rollins comes to the ring or anywhere near it. But it's, hopefully, it's good. It's that that his his song is getting to be what level? It is. It's you know it's getting annoying. It doesn't matter how good what's going on in there. The crowd just wants to hear themselves talk. Pretty much. You know, it's like the it's like the inflatable balloon. In the crowd, you know, it, it it's disrespectful. It is, which maybe we'll get a different story tonight because we are recording on Monday. Yeah, because yeah. we've got. Hopefully, they'll try and re redeem themselves from last week and give them the opportunity to have the promo or something that can help carry this rivalry and help build it going towards oh, yeah. money in the bank. And I was say, Finn still delivered a good promo, but it definitely it didn't hit like it should have. Because it was so interrupted. Yeah, it was. You know, and you, you go back and look at a lot of great promos in the world. Uh, the crowd was silent for them. You could actually hear them. Exactly. Um, this could have been a way better promo. This could have made the show way better. This could have been a four-star show on yeah. the backs of that segment alone had they actually let it happen. I don't know about four-star, but it would definitely... Three and a half. It would definitely have been three. Three, three to three and a half. But yeah. Then we go into AEW Dynamite. For this one, freaking amazing! Show. I gave it a three point five. So I gave this one a full four stars. Okay, so um, we're about the same, just maybe a. Yeah, no, I mean it, this this but. was 
the booking on this was was fantastic. Yes. And the sequencing of segments was done really, really well. And then the end really surprised me. See, and I, I had a note on here that it was a decent match. No, the match, was, the, so match the match was... The match was okay. Yeah, okay. But I put on here, the, the action after the match was what made this thing This was a better. Pat Patterson... This reminded me of old Attitude Era Pat Patterson finishes where there was multiple so much layers going, on. going yeah. on and they sequenced it so that you could actually process what was going on. Exactly. You know, a lot of times with AEW, the problem they have was it, when they have a really busy segment is that it is that. It's busy. They don't sequence it correctly. Yeah. And so then you're trying to like take in too much at once and you're not really sure what you should focus on. Yeah. Here... It was done very well, seamlessly. Yes, I was. I was a big fan. I mean, at the end of that, I was. It did exactly what it was supposed to do. At the end of this episode, I was. I'm, I'm buying Forbidden Door. Like, I mean, I can go on to Bleacher and boop. Oh yeah, take fifty dollars of my money. Here we go. There you For go. Real. <laughs> but see, on this one, the best match throughout the whole night was the opening match with Adam Cole and MJF. Oh my gosh. By far the best match. You want to talk about that true seen. professional wrestling and wrestlers who know how to get the most out of a little bit. Exactly. And well, I that actually match had a was a clinic. Yeah. And I actually, I actually had a conversation about this because uh, th I spent this past weekend uh, at the beach with my uh, dad. Awesome. And so we were kind of talking about it just briefly and he kind of shared his opinion on it. He thought that it kind of dragged... A little but too that much. Was but see, and, I, and that's why I tried to explain. You know, they. I knew this was going to be a continuation because there's no way that this is going to. The end. announcer that the one thing I can nitpick about this, the announcers did not do a good job. Maybe they weren't supposed to. Maybe it was, they were going for trying to catch you by surprise. Right. But the announcers did not do a good job of commenting on the time limit. See, and I think that was the thing. The thing that really just kind of. Through everybody for a loop, especially yeah. everybody watching at home. Because and usually, usually, usually when there's a time limit and you know there's going to be a time limit stoppage, the announcers are like, "Oh, this is getting kind of close." I mean, there's only ten minutes right. left. And I'm not sure if we didn't catch where Justin Roberts had made an announcement. There was one. There was one Justin okay. Roberts thing that I, was like, "There's ten minutes left." Okay. But that was it. And I remember hearing, and I go, "Ooh, this is going to go to a time drop," but they're really not talking about it. Right. And that's because I say I've been watching for twenty plus years, but still, like, uh, they, I'm being nitpicky. But that was that was the only thing I could like say with that match. It if they would have emphasized just a little bit more on the time, it would have made us more on the edge of our seats in that last five minutes. Right. We weren't on the edge of our seats until the match was over. Right. And we're like, it was kind of like more disappointing than it was yeah. more like on the edge of your seat kind of anticipation build. Yeah. But nonetheless, still a five star match. I mean, I, I think it was an yeah, it's a, a five star match. Like I said, the pacing of it was fantastic. I mean, the first 10 minutes, they like I said, they put on a clinic for how do you get the most out of the crowd but not kill yourself to do it. Absolutely. I mean, you've got Adam Cole who's killed himself a lot to get stuff out of the crowd, but yeah. he is a he's he's, you know, he's learned from Sean and and Hunter over at NXT. So he he's a much more brilliant mind than he was when he came in there. Oh yeah. And you know, you have MJF who that's what he does. Like that's his shtick. He does very little, but maximizes what what he does. Yeah, and so, he doesn't need to do a whole lot. And he said in interviews, like he doesn't have to wrestle every week. He doesn't have no. to wrestle every night because he is a box office draw. And he's one hundred percent correct about that. I yeah. mean, if you go back into the seventies and eighties, that's how they did it. Exactly. I mean, you didn't see you didn't see Hogan. I mean, like when they started having syndicated cable and stuff like that, you'd see Hogan yeah. on TV, but he didn't wrestle no. every episode. He no, he to. wrestled like. At the pay-per-view. Yeah. That's it. He only wrestled whenever it mattered yeah. most. And so, that's why Dusty, I think... Dusty, Rick, Harley. Yeah. And then, I mean, even, like, I mean, even Stone Cold, like, he would wrestle maybe once or twice between a pay-per-view. Right. But really, I mean, we're talking two matches in one month. Right. And there's a conversation that I had with a few of my friends who were in a group chat on Snapchat where some were... Uh, Asking if MJF would ever go to WWE after his contract expires, and I tell them there's absolutely no way. You should have told him to listen to what last week or the week before his episode. Exactly. When we talked about that, and we very succinctly, MJF goes to WWE. He is handcuffed, and he will be mid card 
Until his contract expires. Exactly. And there's no way that they're going to allow him the freedom that he has currently with nope. AEW to be able to get the heat. Because he can still draw heat because he's that good of a talker. But as far as working with the crowd and like going in and out well, with the Well, another he does, thing he does. Because he, I think it was during this match, mm-hmm. whenever he was doing his thing where he was walking through the crowd, he like slugged a fan in the face at some point. Well, yeah, and I'm sure the fan was Which, a plant to a certain degree. See, but also, there's, yeah, yeah, he didn't slug him. He hit his hat off. So if it wasn't a plant, it really was a, I know that this guy, it's going to be well, all he talks about tomorrow. I'm not getting sued for it. But... Another thing I'll say that he would never be able to do that he's that he uses a lot is is break the fourth wall. Oh yeah, uh, there's no way that one would thing that WWE never allows. I mean, spare for a couple, like like we're talking unicorn moments here. But like when he when he literally quoted Adam Cole's promo back to him, the the promo that Adam had with Karrion Cross. Yeah, the all all I have to do to get over. Is ring, ring the, the bell. bell? Yeah, but like even up before that line, he was quoting that almost that. I mean, if you go back and like I went back and watched it. Yeah, and I mean, there's a good thirty seconds worth of dialogue that he literally quoted back to Adam Cole. WWE would never allow him to break the fourth wall like that. Talk about. I mean, he talks about Vince McMahon on the show. WWE does not let the talent talk about Tony Khan. Exactly. Uh, you know what? Was he's allowed to do the? the it's not what he does that he would be handcuffed. It's how he does it. Right. Um, He'd pretty much just be another mid-carder where he's just another Miz. Where he, well, yeah. All he does is have a talk show where he disses on the crowd yeah. and disses on his opponents and all this other stuff. And he would have no freedom to do anything. No. You're, you're, you're exactly right. He'd be used as a talking head uh, as like Grayson Waller and the Miz are, are used for. Uh, Which is it's a waste. Of this, it's, a, waste. Yeah, it's a waste of him. So... I think not he's so a, much for the I think he's a smart enough guy. I think he says it to get under the crowd's uh, skin. I think he also says it to keep leverage with Tony. Yeah, because he's it's a business. I mean, you're you're here to make money exactly and make as much money as quickly as possible so you can retire with your body still in good shape. But he's not stupid enough to know he he's he's smart enough to know that if he goes to WWE. It, 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 he might make more money on the front end, but he's going to lose a lot of money on the back end with merchandise, royalties, and everything like that. Exactly. Because he'll never be as over in WWE as he is in AEW. No, not a chance. Moving on, we go to Friday Night SmackDown. For this, I give it a 2.5. I mean, yeah, that's because, that's, that's fair. I'd give it a 3, honestly, because of the last segment. Because yeah, see, of how that, epic that the, the last segment race. is. But yeah, the rest of the the rest of this, I, I, I found myself just... I mean, the first... The first twenty minutes, you know, was the uh, the gauntlet the right. tag teams, and you got so many good tag teams, but it was boring. It I mean, was, I, it truly was, because I mean, I kind of saw where this was headed yeah. because you got the brawling brutes pretty much laying waste to every tag team going through there, and then you have pretty deadly at the end. It's it's obvious what was going to happen, but it's like you said. I mean, they got a great tag team division over on SmackDown. Honestly, in my opinion, SmackDown has the better product mm-hmm. not just because of the bloodline segment but because they have more talent that is being used yeah, as smackdown, opposed to raw where the only saving grace they have is that seth rollins well, is the main just champion. look at it by the numbers smackdown has roman reigns who let's face it at this point he's the he is the largest box office attraction that they have in the company exactly you know guys like you and me are gonna are gonna argue all day long that seth rollins is better better wrestler better talker you know, should be the box office, but he ain't the one who's about to break um, Pedro Morales's championship record. Exactly, in a and days. honestly, I don't know if it'll happen. I am kind of holding out hope that it does because I honestly see him holding the title and surpassing Bruno San Martino. No, there's no way he surpasses Bruno. But. Well, because here's the thing: leading up to the next WrestleMania, there's nobody that's going to beat him. There's no, I mean, I, I, we're, we're, Usos, we're saved for Cody Roman too. I think we can pretty much say at this point with the way that they're booking Cody. We were kind of on the hopes that maybe we might have seen a return match by SummerSlam, but with now what they're doing with the little Cody and Dom thing through Money in the Bank, Cody's not getting the briefcase. He's gonna go with Dom. It, it doesn't really. They got the bloodline ending. I'm I'm going to go ahead and call my prediction is that SummerSlam is probably going to be a a bloodline match with main event Jay versus Roman. 
you know, in a re-return from, what, two and a half years ago? Right. So It could happen. But, yeah, the only saving grace for this was the last little segment with the bloodline oh, yeah. where Jay finally turns on Roman. I, they do such honestly, a great job. I of, knew it was going to happen. We know it's going to happen, but, but the way that they... The way that they keep it, you know, keep you on your toes, it was just so well done. Until the last second, you're like, what is he doing? Yeah, it's like, whenever he said the line, like, you're out. Like, you're out. He goes, and I'm I'm out out too. And then that, boom, super kick right to Roman. I mean, every, I think every person in that arena, and plus everybody watching at home was just like, what? Yeah, I mean, he knew it was going to happen, but you were still like, wow. Exactly. That just happened. Yeah, that whole segment was five stars to me. But yeah, everything else in between there was just kind of like, a range between one to three stars. Yeah. Everything else, I just didn't really care for. But the only thing that I see that would be a good segment if they can do it justice is to see the implosion of damage control and to see EO Sky. I mean, you already see that. You already see it in there, and I liked uh, EO Sky's little uh, smile, a little grin. Uh, you know, I was just, I was just, I was just doing, trying to help. I was just trying to help. Exactly. So that I was, see, I see EO Sky and. Uh, Bailey probably having a classic at some point. Oh yeah, because I don't see. I think uh, who was it? Shotzi that came. Shotzi's coming. I mean, I, I see. So shot. It looks like they're setting Shotzi up to beat Bailey to get into the Money in the Bank match, which would be good. Oh, absolutely. I'm I'm actually a big fan of Shotzi Blackheart. Not yeah. necessarily how she's been presented, um, but I know that she is talented. She can be good on the mic. If she's given the ability to be good on the mic, right, and say give her a little bit more time with the crowd, she'll get over. She's she's very she's a very charismatic wrestler. She's probably one of my favorite to come out of NXT in the last five years. She already has a pretty killer entrance whenever she comes oh, she out. Has, the tank. Yeah. She has a super <laughs> taking care of business, baby. Oh yeah. And so what we kind of wanted to do for this episode, we didn't get into. We're not. We're not going to go into rampage. No, no, no. We got to talk about collision. Exactly. Well. Well, I didn't put Rampage on here just simply because no, 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 there yeah, wasn't no. a whole lot on here. But we won't be well, talking about. We probably won't be talking about Rampage moving yeah. forward. I mean, I now that say, we've got Dynamite and Collision, if Collision continues, I think honestly that may just be the two main shows we talk about. With AEW yep. Rampage is just kind of like here's a few matches just for the purpose of entertainment yeah. or yeah. for something of that nature. The only thing that I thought was pretty entertaining was the mixed tag match between uh, the Jarretts and Jay Lethal against. Yeah. Mark Briscoe, Papa Briscoe, and Aubrey Edwards. That yeah, was, that, was inter- that was highly entertaining. Yeah, but yeah, at this point now, Dynamite and Collision are the two main shows. So that'll be what we what we review on this show. Exactly. And just like with Raw and SmackDown, we're not gonna really we don't review NXT unless something significant happens. Right. Which I think this week is we're scheduled to see Seth Rollins and Braun Breaker battle for the world title. Is that happening? I think that's this week. Okay, I remember the challenge being laid out, but for some reason, I thought that was supposed to happen last week. Or it may be, I can't remember if it's this week, but I know it's scheduled to happen okay. at some point, which honestly, I will tune in just for that match. Yeah, that'll be, that'll be a fantastic match. Why it's happening on NXT and not on Raw, I haven't the slightest clue. I guess maybe if they're, I mean, Seth's not going to lose, so I guess if they, their thinking is if Braun loses on NXT, it's not the same thing as if he loses on Raw right. in his debut. Which, and there's so many stars on NXT that would help with Monday Night Raw in like almost anything. Like Braun Breaker would be fantastic mm-hmm. on Monday Night Raw. Honestly, I think Ilya Dragunov would thrive. I think, I think Ilya Dragunov would be you know fantastic. Um, but right now, you know, I'll, I'll wait till before they put Ilya on. I, I'll wait to see how they work with JD because right now JD yeah. McDonough is he had like a little segment with Finn on Monday. That's the first we've seen him since he's gotten the call up. Um, Could we see him join the Judgment Day? Maybe he joins the Judgment Day. Maybe Finn, if he doesn't beat Seth Rollins, is out of the Judgment Day, and he relies on some other friends that he has. Because say between him and JD, um, that would be a pretty good mix-up there to have him and JD fighting alongside each other and against I mean, the Judgment Day. Yeah, I mean, you, you never, you never know where they're going to go with these things. And say yeah. JD McDonough was trained by Finn Balor, so yeah. Uh, those of you who don't know, that's that's why uh, he's so good. Exactly. But let's get into collision. For this, All right, I'm, okay, I'm gonna, right? I, I gotta go. I gotta go first here. I want to say this. I would give this five stars. I'm gonna give it four point five stars. Okay. I gave it four. Okay. I give it four point five stars. I'd give it five stars if it wasn't for the intro. Yeah. 
I agree. I love Elton John. Sir Elton is uh, is fantastic, <laughs> but I do not want Saturday Night is All Right for Fighting. No. Before a professional wrestling, like, can we get something more edgy, a little more like just yeah. give me something that's gonna hype me up, exactly. not something that makes me feel like it's girls' night. Exactly. <laughs> But I mean, yeah, this for me was definitely four stars. But after this, after the intro was over, everything else after that was five stars for me. See, and I kind of was a little on the fence with some of these, just because I, I mean the tag team I match must have been watching and, a different show. Because let's 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 pace this from beginning to end here. Yeah. Okay. First things first, we get Punk coming out. Right. All right. Ten months hiatus. He's back. Yep. And the crowd reacts in Chicago exactly as you expect the crowd to react in of Chicago. Um, CM Punk is Elvis in Memphis. Like He it, is. And like he, See, he he's got... Dr. Britt Baker in, in Britsburg. Like CM Punk is over and that promo I still think the promo It could have gone a little bit longer, but I, they had Well, all... yeah, I think so. I think the pro obviously I think the promo when he first redebuted after what seven or eight years of right. hiatus? Yeah, was was better because I think that that was just so much more cathartic. Yeah, but this promo was pipe bomb, and this promo well, he was definitely laid fantastic. And yeah, he tore the elite apart, and he made very good points. Uh, we'll talk about those a little later. Yeah, because because we have I have mixed feelings. Oh, I know you do. I'm gonna, so I'm gonna I, coax those mixed feelings right out of you. At the end of the day, you're gonna feel clean. I don't know about that, but I mean, yeah, I gave the segment a four star just because I just wanted more. But yeah. I know they're pressed for time. But I thought it was good. It's classic CM Punk, just laying into the elite. Why would I change? Yeah. Why Great would I, question. Tell me when I'm telling lies. Tell me when I'm telling lies. You can call you can call me anything you want, but you know I tell the truth. Yeah. Yep. And uh, I love I love the call out the the, the fact that. Because this is the stones right here. This is when you're a made man. When he can sit there and say, you can call me whatever you want, but the guy who who runs Warner Brothers Discovery, which is the, the, the parent company that owns TBS, TNT, everything that AEW is on, that Tony Khan has to act. You know, Tony Khan owns the company, and so, you know, Tony is the boss. But everybody answers to somebody, and Tony Khan has to answer to David, to David Zeschla, because if David Zesler doesn't want Tony Khan's product on his channels, AEW, you know, ends up on the internet. Right. Like, you know, Impact Wrestling and other... And other Ring of Honor and all these you know, Evolve places. and other things. Yeah. And David Zesler loves Phil Brooks. Because Phil Brooks makes money. He CM does. Punk is the most over professional wrestler on the roster, bar none. And... When that guy is on a show, the ratings are higher. When he's on a pay-per-view, the revenue is higher. He's money. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not denying that he's money. But there are things that just... I have reserves about with CM Punk. But we'll get into we'll get that into here it. in a little bit. We'll get into that here in a little bit As later. he said, if you don't like him, you're softer than the wrestlers you do like. Well, he, <laughs> I'm not saying I'm a fan of the Elite. Because I'm honestly tired of seeing them on TV. Yeah. But I have my reserves about yeah, we'll seeing them. But going on forward, we have Luchasaurus versus Wardlow. Good this match. Was, this match I put, I, I gave this match two and a half. This was like this like See, the, one down, the one down spot to the entire thing. I don't think Wardlow should have lost. No, I don't think he should have either. Uh, the only the only part of the entire match that I liked was the end where Christian comes in, grabs the title, stands on the turnbuckle triumphantly as if he just as got... As if he had something to do uh, with it. That part I absolutely loved. But oh, yeah. the rest of the match, uh, I don't dislike Luchasaurus. Um, I really haven't seen a singles match with him that I really like. I think he's right. much more of a tag team specialist. Um, and you say Wardlow... Him and Wardlow just don't have the chemistry. Yeah, I mean it, this this match, like I said, it just I, just thought, I thought it was decent. That's why yeah, I, I gave it a three. They worked. Just they worked hard. It just, yeah, it didn't. It, it wasn't engaging. Like they never really caught my. They never caught my attention. Right. So and then Buddy Matthews versus Andrade El Idolo. Fantastic. See, match. I gave it four just because I want to see more. I gave see I gave this match I gave this match five stars. Okay. Uh, fantastic. And my favorite is is the end 
where they both use their significant other's submission moves. Exactly. I mean, Buddy Matthews is using Rhea move. Ripley's uh, submission move. I can't remember what she calls it. Um, and but, then under the clover leaf, or it's or, the it's like the inverted clover leaf. Yeah, something like that. Like yeah, yeah. it's like she calls and it then, the jailbreak or something like and that. Then Andrade and using then the figure, figure eight. eight. He wins the match with the figure eight. Yeah, like it, it's awesome. The only the only nitpicky thing I had, nobody on the commentary team could pronounce Andrade's name correctly. You had what's his name on commentary saying Andrade Italo L or something like that. Yeah, and then. Someone on the announcing saying Andrade, I'm like, people, it's Andrade El Idolo. It's yeah. not that difficult. No, these, you know, Pick not, up Duolingo. Nigel and, and uh, Kevin Kelly, they were great in Ring of Honor many years oh, ago. Oh, yeah, Nigel, but, uh, Nigel did it perfectly. Yeah. The other guy, Kevin Kelly, Kevin Kelly kept uh, butchering it. I'm like, dude, it's not that difficult. Yeah, to Kevin's credit, he probably has never called an Andrade match before. Uh, I'm where, sure he's had to at some point. Eh, I don't really think so. If not, um, he's had to have had... He's had to have done commentary for someone of the Lucha Libre style. Oh well, yeah, but, but I mean, still, still, I mean, like, there's a thousand names with the word L in them in the Lucha Libre style. So, um, all the more reason why he should have had practice. Agreed, agreed. I, I'm just giving him credit where credit's due because I do know that you know from reading uh, the dark sheets, there was a little bit of um, hoopla with the announce team. Uh, Jr. was supposed to be I saw that. on set the entire time, but due to you know issues yeah, with health, he had a fall. And he's got a significant black eye. Like, I think he might have broke his nose. Right. And then if you listen to the commentary, the little bit of commentary he did give in the last match, right. he was not doing well. So, I think they were calling some major audibles. Like, I don't think they were planning on being a two-team pretty much the entire night. Um, so, I think they were planning on having the greatest commentator in history as their anchor. And they, they didn't. So, I'll give them a little bit of a pass on, on, on this first collision right but yeah they do need to they, know they how to pronounce the wrestlers names yeah. by next week they gotta step up their game i think there was one hiccup whenever uh the announcer said buddy murphy instead of buddy matthews yeah there, there were like, a, there were a couple slips like that i was uh, like oh that's the wrong company well i but, mean they are pretty similar <laughs> yeah so, some of these guys do significant name changes when they leave and like you know the, rusev becomes miro but Buddy Matthews, Buddy, Buddy Murphy, Murphy, yeah, same initials. It's understandable, but yeah. still, I just thought it was funny. It's like, yeah. uh, that's not his name anymore. But then you got Tony Nese versus Miro. Oh, so I am oh, so it. glad to see Miro back. So this is, you know, anybody Thank who's goodness. listened to the podcast knows I'm a really big fan of Miro. I mm-hmm. think he needs to be top, you know, top tier main event. Like he needs to be a monster champion. He needs to be the heel champion that the face chases. Exactly. You know, I don't call myself an old school guy, but if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. And there's there something are... about the David and Goliath, you know, baby face, you know, underdog baby face chasing the, you know, seemingly insurmountable heel. It still works. It always works. Yeah. It's you know, it's it's, work, cl- it's classic it's, storytelling it's that from people Genesis can buy in. To now. Exactly. <laughs> like, it's classic storytelling that still works today. And, and that's things a lot of people miss. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, that's... It's like a lot of... Because a lot of people say, well, that's old-fashioned. Like, that's old school. Like, let me tell you something. Old, old school, school still works. Yeah, if it worked in the time of Romeo and Juliet, you know, worked in Shakespearean times. It worked in medieval times. It works now. It worked in Renaissance times. It worked in the... It worked in the BC times. Exactly. Like, if it works, don't mess with it. That's right. You know, like so I said, if it ain't if, broke, don't fix it. I was gonna say, if Gordon Ramsay brings something to my table, I'm not adding salt to it. You no. know what I mean? So, and, if, and if you do, I'll smack the salt out of your hands. He, well, he probably would too. But yeah, he'd come out of the kitchen like, What are you doing? doing? <laughs> you idiot. You absolute <laughs> idiot. idiot sandwich. Yeah. But Miro, yeah, no, Miro being Miro, you know, and you know, I'm a big fan of Tony Nese. A lot of times I don't like seeing Tony Nese lose because I think he's underutilized. Right. But in this particular case, I didn't care. Um, right. <laughs> because that's exactly what I want him to do. I want him to eat valid talent. I don't want him to eat jobbers. Right. I want him to eat people that make him much more credible right. every time. And well, I've got to see him. Go, so his on. facial expressions, man. Name anybody like like you know, other than Brock Lesnar, who has better facial expressions in a match. You know where they don't they don't need to say anything. They can just. You put the camera on their face, and they're intimidating. Exactly. Yeah. Miro, Miro to me, yeah, he, he, he. 
I'm I'm really excited with with Collision. Um, and I hope that they'll keep it that way with his competition because I, yeah. going up against guys like Tony Nice or even Josh Woods. Yep. Instead of going up against someone like Serpentico. Yeah. No, like I said, like you know, you beat you beat like the small, you know, under 180 luchas. Right. What what does that mean when you're when you're Miro, you're like 320 yeah. pounds of solid brick muscle, nothing. But yeah, I know beating a guy like Tony Nese, a guy like Josh Woods, I mean, you know. I'd even love to see him go up against Brody King. I would love to see that him. Would like, be that's the, honestly, of the, yeah, of, like when they had that, that match, you know, while, while back, it's like, I, I hated the, the way that they had that where it's going to be a one on three. And I yeah. remember saying to people, I was like, this is the stupidest booking in the world because if he beats three people, those three people are done. Yeah. Like, they're booked into obscurity. If three people beat him, they're not over for it because they're three people beating one guy, but he's now done because he's like the Redeemer thing doesn't work when you get trounced. Exactly. Um, but if there's one person from the House of Black that I want to see Miro against, it's Brody King. Because that to me seems Heck, like. Heck, I'd even love to see Malachi Black. Oh, I mean, I know, that'd that'd be, I know that'd be a anybody. fantastic match. I just know that Brody King and. Um, uh, Miro would be akin to like Gunter versus Sheamus, right? You know where you're going to get a brutal you're gonna beating get a of a match. match, yeah. And that's what I mean. I, I love. I mean, AEW's got a lot of fast moving matches, so to be able to have a couple matches where it's slow and brutal, it's, it's, give, it's it giving it more it variety, so much better. It's, yeah, it's giving more variety, but everybody can enjoy something about it. Yep, you got your comedy matches, you got your speed matches. You need your your slow power matches, you know, and then you got your your enhancement matches. Everything has a place. Put it in the right place. That's what the Booker's job is, and you've got a you've got a great you've got a great product. Right. And then speaking of entertaining matches, then you have the Outcast going up against Willow Nightingale and Sky. Oh, Blue. solid entertainment match. Great entertainment match. I mean, of course, Sky Blue being from Chicago. Yeah, they let the, the hometown behind. girl get the get the win and the pop. I yep. mean, makes sense. Do you know what's going on with Paige? Is she is she hurt? Is she nursing an injury? Honestly, I haven't seen is anything. She... I tried to look through Bleacher Report yeah, and see too. if there's anything on her that shows that she's either injured or that she's taking time off or whatever it is. Yeah. But I haven't seen anything. So Maybe I mean, she's just taking a break, you know, a little vacation, you know, go see the family in England. Right. I don't know, but I just, I miss Paige. I miss yeah. Soraya. Well, I mean, I'm sure she'll be back in time for All In. Don't for break. All Out. Don't get my hopes up. I'll get you disappointed if she's not. Oh, she will be. The, Rest assured, she will be there in some way, shape, so or form. hot. <laughs> and then we get to the main event. Samoa Joe, Ooh. Jay White, and Juice Robinson against CMFTR. Yeah. Um, I, I wait. I was I was waiting like it was Christmas Day oh, yeah. for the moment that was bound to happen. I, know, I mean, like, there was no question that it was going to happen. But that moment where Punk is in the ring... And then Joe, Joe gets in the ring. See, and that's did, a it, note it that not, I made. It did not disappoint. A note that I made, I was like, I would love to see this rivalry resurface Rekindle. again. Because when you look at the greatest rivalries in Ring of Honor history, Punk Joe. there's no, I'd say there's no better rivalry in my mind than Samoa Joe and CM Punk. I You've got totally agree with you. two of the absolute like hard-hitting guys during during Ring of Honor, you got someone who can talk circles around anybody. You got someone who is as intimidating as they come. Well, those just, are those were guys who were organic talents that then got over with the crowd, and in that rivalry made each other. Oh yeah. And then after that rivalry, they both went out and had phenomenal careers elsewhere. Right. But they it's like that rivalry escalated those wrestlers. It escalated, elevated Ring of Honor. Uh, and then I say, in turn, it's elevated the entire wrestling industry. And they, they, the announcers did a fantastic job with their homework on this one. Yes. Granted, like I said, this is well, Nigel and Kevin. This was ROH boys. So I think they were a little vested in this one more than the other matches. Right. But uh, well, I mean, this they, is the you know eight thousand eight thousand plus days that these guys have never that these guys have not been in the ring together. And you would have thought it was yesterday. The exactly. Way they worked. Like, I wish that they could do like a side by side, hopefully in the highlight reels of this match, where you see Joe and Punk in the ring together, and then do a side by side of them in Ring of Honor. Yeah, just to rekindle it because I mean, apparently Punk has the AEW World Title before the new version of it. In it's the in the bag. Head. It's in the bag. What's in the bag? What's in the? <laughs> oh, it's it's the title. Which 
I'm guessing so? that this is. I'm guessing that this is now where they reveal they have two major world titles on each show because well, we are, we've it's called be a brand it. We've split. said it. It's a brand split. They're, they're, yeah. they're, they're not wanting to come out and say it right now, but we know it. Yeah. And then after reading what I've read lately, that this upcoming Dynamite, that CM, they're having CM Punk on there, assumingly because they're probably going to have his partner or, or his opponent. We think it will be Kenta. And it'll be a, the, it'll be the battle of the GTSs, right? Um, I always like the Anaconda Vice better, anyways. But it'll be the battle of the GTS finishing maneuver champions. Um, the Bucks and Hangman and Kenny are apparently not going to be on Dynamite, and they're they're pre-taping their involvement on the show because CM Punk's gonna be on the show. This ain't this ain't a work. It's a shoot. These guys do not like each other. They cannot be in the same building together. And yeah, this is, I mean, we're getting a full brand split. Miro is coming back. Andrade is coming back. These guys had the same issues before Punk did. Right. With backstage BS and not being booked right and being overlooked for stupid elite people who were given chance after chance to get over and still are not that interesting to watch. Right. So now you've got Andrade, you've got Miro, you've got CM Punk back on that show. And tr- I mean, truth be told, if I had to pick between one show and the next after watching just this one episode, I'm a Collision guy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, just because of the freshness of Collision, the plus, plus the production was better. Yeah, other pre- than other than the intro, like I said, everything about this this program looked better and more polished. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, and we're gonna see a brand split at some point. It's obvious that they're gonna try and split it up, but. See, and this kind of goes back to my whole issues with CM Punk. And I guess Are you ready? I, Are you ready? I, I, I'm ready now. I okay. Mean, here's, here's my thing with CM Punk. Is he a box office attraction? Absolutely. Is he great on the mic? 100%. But in my mind, I see him as a liability to any wrestling company. Because, it's because we've had this build up for seven years for him to come back. Mm-hmm. Every time that he's held a championship, he has not held it for more than a month. Mm-hmm. One because of injury, and the other because of some backstage politics or crap that went on, altercations, and all that. Mm-hmm. It's made him so, in my opinion, unreliable as a top guy. Okay, and that's just my view on it. Because I wanted to believe in CM Punk. I wanted to believe that he was going to be the guy that was going to like elevate AEW, and and he did. He brought them ratings, and he brought them money all the time that he was there. Yeah, but now it's to the point where he, in my opinion, is a liability. So I'll say this: Is CM Punk Phil Brooks a jerk? Yes, he one hundred percent is a jerk. Oh yeah. If I was sitting in a room right now, the man that I am, and the man that Phil Brooks is, would we have anything in common? Him and I, not anything but professional. I love a professional wrestling. Everything else we would disagree on, and we would probably come to blows on. I'm not arguing that, but this is where I'm going. This that that's the end of my concession. Now I'm going to ask you a question. Or I'm going to ask you. I'm going to name some names here. Okay. So we're going to go to Hollywood here. Tom Cruise. Easy to work with. Not really. No. Leonardo DiCaprio. No, not at all. Christian Bale. Nope. Russell Crowe. Nah, I don't care too much for Russell Crowe, but. No, I'll say no. I mean, the guy gave us Gladiator, did he not? Oh yeah, he did. But I mean, other than that, I mean, I mean he's given a few more things. But I say, top. I mean, we're, he, we're he talk about he butchered Les Mis. I'll just say that. Well, the, that's more just more things to be talked about. Yeah, uh, that wasn't just him. Uh, <laughs> but there's a lot of difficult personalities in multiple industries. I'm using Hollywood just because it's the most nominal, you know, probably for listeners. Here's the thing. The cash cow is the cash cow. Okay? And Tom Cruise has been Tom Cruise. He's been a hard person to work with for 40 plus years. Yet, when you put his name on the top of the billboard, the movie sells. So you know what the director and everybody else tells everybody else? Figure out how to be a professional and work with the talent. Okay? Leonardo DiCaprio wants to go full uh, method and, you know, takes his hand and slash, slams it on the desk, stabbing his hand, opening up blood, and rubs it all over Kira Washington's face. Where she did not consent to that, what did she do? She went with it. 
because she was a professional. And that's the scene that you get in Django Unchained. In my world, you know, the business professional, in your professional world, how many people are way above you that are really high up? And, you know, not the ones that are there and you have no idea why, but the ones that are cash cows and you know they bring the company more money than anybody else does. Right. They're jerks, but you learn to work with them. This, all I'm saying here is, I'm not saying CM Punk isn't a jerk. I'm not saying Phil Brooks is easy to work with. I guarantee you he's not. But everybody who's ever done anything professionally has had to work with people that are not easy to work with. And when it's best for business, you do what's best for business. Now, when the jerk becomes a negative and isn't drawing, you go ahead and you slit the throat of the cash cow and you, and you, 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 know, you make mutton out of it or you make beef out of it. But See, I feel like that's going to be he's not dr- later. No, he's, because, yeah, he's still drawing. Yeah, he's the still end, drawing. He's going to see him punk. Because, like, there's wrestling fans all over. And I'm a wrestling fan, too. But I love CM Punk. I yeah. think he is a great draw. I love to hear him talk on the microphone. I'm not saying that he's... What am I trying to say? Like, I think... I get what you're great. saying. I think you're saying he's he may be more trouble than he's worth. Right. Because of his lack of ability to stay healthy and things like that. But I'm going to ask you another question. Would MJF be as over as MJF is if not for the dog collar match against CM Punk? And did anybody else give MJF as much credibility as CM as the CM Punk match did? No, I would say no. No. So I mean, at the end of the day, if you got you're trying to what what what, what does the old talent exist for? Why is Chris Jericho and Sting? What do they do? Anytime they talk on an interview, what do they exist for? To get the younger talent over. And if you talk to people like FTR, and even if you talk to Phil Brooks himself, what does he care about? What is what do FTR and all these people who are Pro punk guys, what do they say? That he's sitting there in Gorilla, looking at everyone's matches, giving information and, you know, top-rate advice to anybody who will hear it. The problem is, is you've got a large population of elite fanboys who think they don't need that polish. They don't need that extra bit of information that takes you from being, you know, over in the indies to being the biggest name in professional wrestling, like CM Punk. At one point, CM Punk was the biggest name in professional wrestling. He sits on a shelf with Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, John Cena, Hulk Hogan, Roman Reigns. Nobody else in the company other than Chris Jericho and Sting can say that. So if Chris Jericho and Sting want to collectively come, you know, Jericho has already made his, his, his opinion. You know, he doesn't like Punk either. But I guarantee you, I guarantee you that Chris Jericho, if asked to work with CM Punk, would do it and it would do it right then and there. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they're both professionals, and they're going to. They're both. That's and that's the difference. That's yeah. My thing. I'm not going to defend Phil Brooks, but I am going to bash, tear down, and you know, absolutely call out the lack of professionalism of the elite. That's the reason they've never gone to WWE because they know they would fail there because they can't. They can't take their vitamins and they can't put on their big boy pants. They want to play wrestler and they've made a great career. Good for them, but they will never reach the paramount of our industry. And 10 years, you know, 10 years after their retirement, no one's going to talk about the bucks. No, I hate Hulk Hogan, but people are going to talk about Hulk Hogan as long as professional wrestling is a thing. That's another debate that we'll probably get into at some point. Yeah, we'll definitely talk about that one. Yeah, but yeah, that's just my that's my opinion on it. I mean, yeah, and, and we can agree disagree on that. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I, like, I, no, like I said, I like Punk. Yeah, I think that he's a great wrestler. I think that he's great on the mic. I just see him as a liability. I not, not I just, agree. Not just I, health wise, but just company wise, because I, I know and this is the way he is. He doesn't fit the mold of a company guy. Mm-hmm. That's not the way he is. Yep. But if you're going to be the top guy for that company, you're gonna need. To kind of, I'm not saying reserve who he is because that's not what he's going to do. He's like he said in his promo, he's not going to change. Well, let me ask you a he's, question: Do you think that Vince McMahon had Hulk Hogan adapt to the roster beneath him, or did he have everybody adapt to Hulk Hogan? Oh, everybody adapt to Hulk Hogan. Well, that's and, and, well, see, and that's the thing. Like they all need to adapt to CM Punk. Yeah. But it's like, how do you get there with the kind of guys that are? supposed to be your top guys right now like there's no one right, 
right now on the it's roster. Tony's not a disciplinarian. A, exactly. Tony's Tar- not a Vince, you know. And um, you need somebody that's going to be a disciplinarian, someone mm-hmm. that's going to actually push yes. everybody to get up on that level. Because, yeah. I mean, he said in his promo, until someone can fill these boots, I'm not going to put them down for nobody. And that was one of my favorite. I mean, that, like I said, that was one of my favorite things that he said. Like, I saw him come out with the boots around his neck. And I'm like, I know what he's teasing right there. I know right. he ain't leaving him in the ring and walking out. Yeah. And, you know, if for anybody who's listening that doesn't know, uh, you know, the inside baseball of that, uh, when a wrestler leaves their gear, whether it be boots, gloves, uh, or a hat, in right. the ring and walk out. That is that is the signal of this was the but last. I'm done. That I'm riding off into the sunset. You know. Uh, Triple H, you know, he did it. <laughs> Undertaker teased it, but didn't quite do it. And then right. other, many others have done it in the past. But when he came out, I knew he wasn't going to put them. But when he no. said, I'm not I'm not putting these in the ring until somebody can fill them. And I, I do believe that Phil Brooks, the man, CM Punk, the character, fully believes that. Like, he said, I'm not leaving because there's unfinished business. Because he does care about this industry. He's tried to not care about this industry. He's tried to put this industry behind and leave and and never look back on it. And he can't. Right. And, you know, for so, us... And I as, think that's the inner fan in him. Like, yeah. He's still a fan of it at heart, but I don't think And that, I've been there. I think you've probably been there to a certain degree, oh, too. Yeah. Like Where you, where you kind of like, I wish I could walk away from this and not watch it because it's awful. You know, you know, because there's things going on that I don't agree with. Right. But we're holding out hope that things will get better. Exactly. And, and they are getting better. Yeah. And like I said, so I think I think the, the man CM Punk really does care about this industry. And his instincts are fantastic. And he really can take them where they need to go. But there are some people who need to put their egos to side. Realize this guy's more over than we've ever been. This guy probably knows more about how to get the crowd invested than any of us do. Because he doesn't need to do 15 moonsaults outside of the ring in a match to make it interesting. He doesn't need to have his shoe explode mid-match. That was the dumbest thing I've ever seen. That's what you get when you get an elite produced product. The Beast, I mean, like, we watched that together, and I was like, neither one of us was like, we're watching it, and it was like a car accident. You can't take your eyes off it. Right. But no one's saying a car accident's a good thing to watch. Right. And that's that's the elite. That's what they want to do. That's what those guys put that together, and I guarantee you, very few people had into you know any kind of input to that match. They probably were like, "Well, here's the BCC, here's the Elite. They can pretty much do whatever they want to do." It was pretty funny because I was watching the media scrum with uh, MJF at one point, and he was asked, "Like, is he upset that he wasn't in the main event?" And he goes, uh, "Not really, because I do. I want to be rolling around in a ring full of John Moxley's blood." No, not yep. really. Yeah, no. I mean, and. I think MJF at his young age is smarter than oh, yeah. some well, of the, he, He's about the same age as me, I think. Yeah. I mean, he's, I think he's, yeah, he's like, like 20, 27 or 28. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's young. Um, and I so said, he's, he's smarter than a lot of people. He realizes this is a business and it's about, it's about making people feel things. It's not necessary, you know, and yeah, you should give people a great show and you should, you know, do fantastic things, but you don't have to, you know, do an acai moonsault off, you know, springboard acai outside the ring in through tables every match to do that. And if, if you do have to do that, that's time, all you have to rely you're not creative. On. Yeah. You're not, you're not smart with what you're doing. And in the long run, you're going to destroy your career. Yeah. Because I mean, one wrong move, you're, you're done for. And I said, the Bucks, you know, they're not old. They're not young. They're middle aged. They're my, they're my age. Right. And they don't have that many more bumps in their bumps card left. No. Meanwhile, you got guys like Ric Flair who wrestled well into his upper seventies, like, and can still. And that guy wrestled, wrestled. And say that, and that guy wrestled three hundred nights a year, and wrestled in a lot of. He wrestled during the territory days, where you go to a territory and you're the main event guy. You're wrestling Broadway, right? Because the their main their main event guy can't lose to the to the you know the guest. Opponent, so you're wrestling a 60 minute draw. Yeah, and guy like Ric Flair, every territory he went to, you know, so you know, there's a lot of wrestlers who have a greater longevity than the the elite ever will, and they've had way more influence than the elite ever will have. Exactly. I mean, at the end of the day, if AEW can continue, that will be their greatest legacy. It won't be what they did in Japan. Like it will, it will be that they were part of of starting this. But at the end of the day, that's really, I mean, give it more to Tony and. The person that's in the back doing the most, if you've watched the booking get better and you've watched the show get better, 
That is Brian Danielson. Yes. Uh, all the papers are saying that Brian is sitting next to Tony during a lot of matches, going over booking, going over sequence, going over finishes, you know, doing a lot of the talent training when they come back into the gorilla position after the match. You know, hey, great job. You did this. Maybe try this next time. Brian Danielson will probably be a greater influence over AEW than uh, the Bucks and Kenny and Adam have been. And they're EVPs. Brian's not. That needs to change yeah. sooner than later. But yeah, that's pretty much our reviews for this week, guys. A lot has happened this week, and a lot's going to be coming up this weekend. We've got Forbidden Door coming up this oh, I'm Sunday. Stoked. Forbidden Door looks. I mean, last year was like a joke. It was so snake bit. This year, oh my god, they, they've got some good matches that are lined I'm up. I'm more just, excited. About, I'm more excited about this than I was about Full Gear. Yeah, for real. Because I mean, you've got four matches already on the card. The, the only one that I'm excited about, honestly, is Kenny Omega and Osprey. I mean, that, that match looks freaking fantastic. I'm not going to lie, though. Um, uh, Danielson Okada is is my number one that I'm looking forward to. I mean, that, that match is, um, I mean, other than maybe Finn Balor Okada or Seth Rollins Okada. Right. Uh, I don't know that there's a better embodiment of the best of the West versus the best of the East. Not necessarily today. But over the last decade. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, the Osprey and Omega match, I mean, I've wanted to watch it at, was it Wrestle Kingdom? Or, I can't remember what it was, but... Yeah, I think it was Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, but I wanted to watch it, but I wasn't able to. But I'm so glad that we're going to get to see it this oh, weekend. Yeah. They've got MJF versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. For MJF the is going to win that, no problem. He's going to win it. I'll be curious to see on Wednesday... How they're going to make it that he has to be there because he already said like, oh, I'm just not going to rest. No, I don't. I pass. Right. Yeah, he's like, it's not the first time I've no showed a pay per view or no show. I, I love that callback. I thought that was great, but that that led me to being like, okay, they're going to need to do something. Like, they're going to have to make him be there. Like, and they're going to have to like either put him in a steel cage or something. Right. To make it so that he can't just not show up or just run away and say whatever. Count it to ten, and I'll take the title home. Right. Um, and then we have the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship, Sonata versus Jungle Boy. Obviously, Sonata's winning this. Yeah, there's no way. Jungle Boy is not I'm, winning the World Heavy is not winning the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. Yeah, not a chance. Uh, Kurt, Kurt Angle, Brock Lesnar, Kazuchika Okada. Um, let's see, uh, Kenny Omega. We're talking people who have held this champion. Jungle Boy is not there yet. No, we'd love to see him get there, but he's he's not there no. yet. He's gonna need a heel turn before he can do any of that. Yeah, and then, and then uh, obviously there's there's a lot of you know, it's not confirmed yet, but there's a lot of conversation about like we we've mentioned already the Kenta versus CM Punk match not not announced yet, but I'm I'm holding out hope that I'm it's holding out happen. that on Wednesday that we'll get confirmation. And then we also, this upcoming Wednesday on Dynamite, we've got, um, is it uh, Tanahashi? No, who is it? It's Shibata. Yeah, Shibata, Shibata and, Cassidy. and Orange Cassidy versus Zack Sabre Jr. and uh, Daniel Garcia. And I can't imagine that Sabre Jr. and uh, Shibata are just in town for a Dynamite match. So no. I, I've got to I expect... see this match being a four-way at Forbidden Door. Yes, I mean, honestly, something. Yeah, yeah something, something for the uh, you know for the international title or something like that. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, so we you know we have the potential to have Zack Saber Jr. and Shibata on the card as well. I think everything they tried to do last year and couldn't do because of injuries, they're they're being able to do this year, and this is going to be probably one of the best pay per views in the entire industry for the entire year. So if uh, if you haven't if you haven't bought your pay per view yet. This is us telling you, go ahead and do it. We'll be watching as well. Yes. And uh, we'll do reviews uh, next week. Exactly. And I'll tell you, the only thing I'll end with, there's one match that I would love to see happen. I don't think it will, but I think it would definitely be one of those hard-hitting two Goliaths in the ring going at each other. Uh-huh. Miro, Miro versus Ishii. Suzuki. Oh, Ishii. Oh, Ishii. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, Suzuki would be good, but... I'd, I'd love to see Tomohiro Ishii if against Miro. Both, both I, of those I, I would think, be fantastic. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, okay, so I, by the way, we didn't plan that. He just, the minute he said Miro, I immediately thought, who would hit Miro? Ishii oh, yeah, Suzuki, oh, yeah Suzuki, Suzuki would be good, but yeah. Suzuki's kind of getting a little on up there to where he's not. Yeah, as, but good Lord, can but, that guy still lay in some chops? Oh, yeah, he can still lay in some chops, and he can take some and he can hard take some, hits. Yeah. But as far as, like, the mobility that oh, yeah. Miro has, yeah, someone yeah. that can match him. Miro versus Ishii, Ishii would, would be, be fantastic. Yeah, that would be like Gunner versus Ilya Dragunov during oh, the uh, for that UK title yes. that match. Oh, remember, 
I just walked away like holding myself like it's okay, Chess. No one's gonna hurt you. Exactly. <laughs> I, I want to see that match again so badly in the, in the, on the main roster. Oh, Hopefully I want to see it on the main. Oh yeah, I, I I think it will. Probably another year or so down the line, but yeah, it'll happen. Well, guys, that's all the time that we have right now. Like I said, we're on social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram. Go check us out. More content is going to be coming up. we got more interviews coming up as well. Hope you have a great night. Keep it five stars.